Live from Toronto, Canada, we get to chop it up with Edin, a black foodie co. We discuss how travel absolutely plays a role in food, jollof wars, and the boy Jersey Drake. Let us know what you thought of this episode by leaving a comment. And never forget, everybody eats B. I ain't eating. You ain't eating. What you mean you ain't eating? You ain't making this paper, man? Everybody eats B. Honey's play me close like butter play toast. say thank you for you could have been anywhere in the world literally but here we are on the phone (laughs) oh thanks for for reaching out i like it i like the i like the premise behind the podcast i was just listening to your interview with what what made you decide to start your podcast absolutely um so i have a philosophy called like team us and like i believe in it so much that i could get it tattooed and it's just like every everybody actually eats um i believe that teamwork makes the dream work and it's no point of reinventing the wheel so i actually just created a platform to holler at um people that i knew in my life who were doing dope work and also just people out in the world doing dope work as well that was literally it (laughs) that's cool i like it i love the logo i like I, i like it Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Really. Appre- but today is not about me. I mean, we're going to chop it up. Mm-hmm. So you're going to learn some things. But today is about you. Um, okay. So we're going to hop right in. Why create Black Foodie? And specifically, you know, why choose to have it in person and online? I created Black Foodie for a number of reasons. Um, one, I love food, like probably most of us do. Um, but uh, I, I had two things. I grew up in a family that was um, a family of food entrepreneurs. Um, Yeah, so like I I grew up around like people who had a restaurant. My grandmother sold this flatbread called injera that's Ethiopian and Eritrean and um, in my hometown in Canada. And they were doing this like in the 90s before it was as cool, I guess, as it is now to eat Ethiopian food. Um, mm-hmm. but <laughs> shout out to grandma one time. Grandma knew she had the answers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She was hustling. Like she couldn't speak the language. She actually never went to like formal school or anything, but she Dope. had her hustle. And so I saw that, but I was, and even though I, I, you know, loved my family and was like, I guess proud of what they had accomplished. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't proud of the food. I wasn't, it wasn't something I would, you know, uh, want to eat in front of my friends who were not Ethiopian. And I grew up in, Mm. like, very white schools. um, And, like, uh, yeah, I was always only a black student. And so I was trying to be, like, less different. And my foods that were very, like, uh, strange-looking to outsiders and, like, had, like, pretty strong Mm. smells um, (laughs) attached to it. Those weren't Mm. things I was, like, eager to show. And I, that kind of just stuck with me. And uh, even though I took sociology in school, I was very, like, I guess, like, aware of, like, race, class, gender, all these things. I never applied that lens to, to food. Um, mm. And that wasn't until I was um, celebrating my birthday with friends, and we went to a European restaurant. And uh, basically, we just got treated horribly. And it was very much connected to, I believe, you know, our skin color. 
And um, it was super embarrassing. And I left that day feeling um, really powerless and really upset that, one, like we had spent money in this place and they didn't care about us and they had all these like assumptions about us. Um, And that, two, um, like I had actually come from a family who owned an African restaurant and I I hadn't even considered going to an African restaurant for my Mm. birthday or a Caribbean restaurant. And, And then I just started like, thinking about my decision-making process the fact that I never packed it for lunch at work or in college mm. and it was something I kind of like enjoyed in private and and mm. that made me think okay this is this isn't right like I was on Google looking up like you know dining while black and and I wasn't shout out to the Google yeah right <laughs> I, I didn't see like a, a a source where there were there was like a collective of people like me and like people sharing their thoughts on food and like how much um it meant to them and and that's you know where i saw the gap and i I wanted to to change that so that's how black foodie started got it shout out to solving the problems that you actually have in real life thank you and so that kind of like hops into my next question how has traveling played a role in you know exposing you to new african and caribbean cuisines um it has been so awesome uh i think for me to get exposed to um what's happening in the diaspora like i am uh you know i mentioned a little earlier but i'm i'm from canada i'm i'm ethiopian but i was born in uh, Canada and, and raised there. But I was born in a city, funny enough, that is right on the border to the state, uh, right next to Detroit. Mm. And so, like, I um, actually went to school in Michigan for college, and um, I, I grew up kind of, like, having my feet in both places um, mm. and having my friends out there, too. And so I saw um, in Toronto, when I was living in Toronto, like there's so many Caribbean restaurants and like everywhere you go, you mm. can get a patty, you know, um, if you go to the East End, you can get some Trini doubles. Yeah, there's uh, so many amazing jerk spots. Um, and then a lot of like really good Ethiopian food as well. Um, but when I was in um, like visiting uh, Atlanta and mm-hmm. Louisiana, I got exposed to all this like great, you know, Southern food and got exposed to things like, you know, random things like beignets and, and gumbo. Yeah, and, and, it's and, real. You know, it's real. And I never had that in Canada. Like, you just don't yeah. find it. Even things like sweet potato pie and like um, collard greens you, and stuff. Like, it's not. 99 problems. Collard greens ain't one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, those things aren't readily available. Now there's places popping up, but it's really not authentic. So, you know, it's yeah, not the same. Legit. Nobody's grandma is making the collard greens in the back it's, at all. Yeah, no, no. I I, I I'm sure you could purchase collard greens, but I don't think yeah, it's not gonna be prepared the way it is in the South. Um so yeah, like travel really got me exposed to um the different ways like people in the diaspora, black people create food, the way they hustle. Um, I saw like so many like young chefs with um you know, maybe who didn't have the resources to open up a restaurant, but they were doing really cool mm. pop-up dinners. Um, I I went to Europe early on and mm. um, got to see, like, what was happening with West African food in London mm. and meet up with foodies there. And that just was, it was really eye-opening because I saw that we exist everywhere and yeah. we're making moves everywhere. Like, this isn't just something happening in Toronto or in Detroit. 
you know, or like, you know, in Atlanta, but like it, it, there's black foodies in the UK and they're in Italy and, you know, we're, we're mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, and so reinforced uh, for me the, the need for the, the space. Well, you could have absolutely created black foodie just for yourself, right? Like you could have just been writing notes in your phone. Why were you intentional around sharing that resource? Like, why was it necessary for other people to have access to it in such a way that when, um, you know, somebody else's birthday is like, oh, birthday's coming, it's going to be lit. Let us go to a restaurant or let's go find a chef that was mentioned on Black Foodie. Like, why was that necessary to share that resource? Because um, I, I didn't want to keep it to myself. You know, like, you know, at first I was like really just kind of like... Uh, visiting these places and, and making posts on Facebook. <laughs> so just like my immediate yeah, friends. Yeah, shout out to Facebook. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Facebook. I was, you know. So I, I it started with like my inner circle and, and people started, um, you know, DMing me and, and texting me and saying, hey, like, where should I go for brunch? And where should I go for this? Mm. You know, so um, I, I can't provide all the answers. Some black ladies definitely space where other people can do it. Um, I, I wanted to share it. And um you know beyond uh just like thinking there's a gap and this could be an interesting business opportunity i mm-hmm. like i came from a family who hustled using food and so literally yeah so <laughs> I, I i wanted to see people like me win i wanted to see like yep. the, the places that i love like get customers and be able to like sustain themselves because it is a really tough business yep Yep. Everybody eats, literally. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Talk a little bit about the meetups that you were hosting and how it allowed you to build community around the food. Sure. Um, so I I saw people were connecting um, and it was like people I didn't know, which was, was cool. Like to see like names and faces and, you know, that that weren't familiar or they're not my cousin and they don't have to like support me <laughs> you know like they're genuinely <laughs> they genuinely are interested right that's when you know it's yeah. like it's, it's starting to make it's waves, real right yes. yeah um so, like who is this person it, i don't know yeah uh. it, it was funny I, it's not like you know we're still growing but it was still cool to see um to see that and um i think yeah so I remember I was going to, I, I spent a lot of time in Washington, D.C. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a really big Ethiopian and Eritrean uh, community there, like like mm-hmm. thousands of us out there. So I have a lot of family there. And um, my cousin was like, hey, like, let's do something. I know this, you know, my, my boy friends with this like Nigerian uh restaurant owner's kid and I was like okay mm. cool let's do it so we went to this place yes. and it, it was dope and I got to meet with um some some people you know to be honest a lot of them were my cousin's friends at first <laughs> yeah and that's fine <laughs> Which is, and, and that's fine cool. but they were new to me some of them and then um after that I did something in Toronto back where I you know was originally from and mm-hmm. uh I yeah, I think it was like during Caravana weekend and uh, Caravana for those who aren't familiar with it is um, a big like Caribbean carnival festival in Toronto that attracts mm. like thousands and thousands of tourists the from people. the States. Yeah. Like all the people <laughs> I know, like if this is in New York, like there's a lot of New Yorkers or, you know, and uh, 
people from Detroit who come. Um, yeah. Actually, I didn't ask where you based. I'm in New York. You yep. are in New York? So okay. you said yeah. this carnival. I'm like, oh, Juve. Yeah, Got it. exactly. <laughs> like, so so that, I and I did something, and then, like, I just posted a, something on my Facebook and my, my Instagram, and I had, like, zero following then. But somehow we mm. tacked out the restaurant space. Like, it, it was crazy. And yes. I met people I'd never met before. I did not know how they knew about it. But um, it was cool. So those meetups kind of, like, gave me, like, more energy and, like, a desire to uh, continue. And then... Um, I just started like hosting them each city I was going to. Um, so mm-hmm. when I went to London, um, somebody, oh, I had hosted a meetup in, I hosted like a meetup sort of event in Toronto, made like a cool mm-hmm. tagline, which I'm still doing now called Endurance Chill. Um, and oh. uh, I was like censored on Ethiopian Eritrean food. And then a guy who's East African in the UK, you know, started following me on Instagram and said like, hey, this looks super cool. I'm just, it's like it's not out here and I was like yo I'm, I'm actually going there in, in a week like yes. you know you want to do this and he, he, he said sure and so he, he like recommended a, no. a spot and like told his friends and, and we ended up having a really cool meetup so it's crazy how the internet brings like it, it brings people, people to you yes yeah, so my cousin <laughs> exactly my internet cousin uh you know I say. um but yeah that's that's how the, oh. so meet, the meetups really did like um I guess introduce other black foodies to each other and like mm-hmm. got them connected with me so they could learn more about the brand. And how did you get into food writing? Like not intentionally. I <laughs> I was never somebody who um you know was like I'm a writer and I, I want to get into mm-hmm. the field. I kind of um, just happened to land there. Pe- editors. Mm. I I ended up getting a lot of. Um, attention in Canada because there wasn't mm-hmm. there was basically like nobody else doing what I was doing at the time that I started yep. <laughs> uh, yeah so I was just like I guess like a unicorn there and and I was yeah. talking about something that Canadians didn't necessarily talk about which was racism in the food industry um mm, and like yep. anti-black racism too in the food industry so at first I had like kind of the backlash people did not like what I was saying I had haters um but then I (laughs) they're everywhere they they are there's always trolls but then um different editors started to see what I was doing and then they reached out to me Mm -hmm. and I started um to write for other publications because another thing like outside of the everybody eats podcast it's it's under stay hungry what we've been noticing is as we do these competitions and as we're reaching out to chefs Mm -hmm. um and just people in the culinary industry we're like yo it's not a lot of us out here Mm -hmm. so using kind of like everybody eats and uh, culinary competitions as a platform let's get all of the people of color in to to support not only support what we're doing but you know we really believe in like win 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 situations so it's like yo if you got something popping in toronto please send us all of the information so we could post it so people know that yo it's really black people and people of color out here Mm-hmm. doing the numbers in the culinary industry like we're out here yeah we definitely are <laughs> to hop over um yo jalaf wars mm, yes girl so i've had a whole conversation with my home girl who's uh who's in raleigh north carolina she's ghanaian and this whole like ghanaian nigerian jalaf wars has been a real thing talk to me about the event please <laughs> yeah like we the funny thing is i don't know if there were 
there might there may have been i don't want to say i was the first one to do it um because like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going or, or nigerian or something like we, mm-hmm. and this piece and rivalry has gone on like since time um literally yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure i think i was like the first to do it in toronto so mm-hmm. when we started then like there was just like a this is in earlier in 2016 um there was just mm-hmm. all these memes popping up and then like I think yes, there was no. a yeah I think it, like, there was a rapper who created some like beef song at the same time dissing yeah. one of the West African jell-off rice things so it was um it just so happened like around the time that we were doing it there was a hype around it as well mm-hmm. um and perfect timing yeah it was perfect timing and so it just worked out and we had um uh, I partnered with um, someone in Toronto who does African events as well mm-hmm. and like parties. Shout out to partnerships. Um, and exactly, yeah. Shout out to partnerships. So we we ended up um, doing the event and it was a hit and people just loved it. And we combined. We like. I think also too what we were doing different was a lot of the food events that I was were seeing were very like bougie mm-hmm. and they weren't yep. really like. <laughs> You know, they weren't they weren't targeting a younger audience yep. or an audience who wanted to also like have like more of a lighthearted yep. atmosphere. Yeah, super chill. Um, and yeah, so we actually had a DJ and we had a, a day party component, and we just did it. Um, like I think it was a week and a half ago or two weeks ago. Um, I had Jolly Fours again in Toronto, and it was it was bigger and better and so Congrats. much fun. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, it's always dope when you could do work that you would actually participate in if you weren't the one creating it. <laughs> oh yeah, like I would buy a ticket if I didn't know me. So I know <laughs> it, it. It was, it was uh, the feedback that we've gotten was really positive. Of course, you know some people were like, "Oh, I think Ghana should have won, and I think Nigeria should have won that." <laughs> but <laughs> it was still, still um, fun feedback. Stay Hungry is a culinary experience that bridges the gap between hip-hop with food and beverage. Um, How has hip-hop played a role in your life? When I found out you were from Toronto, I'm like, six, 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 Uh, six. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Drake, I'm not, you know, it's just like I have had that question um, like all the time. Um, But I, I wouldn't, you know, I, my answer might not be the one you're looking for because I wouldn't say and I'm that's like. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. That's lo- fine. Yeah, I I appreciate Drake. I I you know listen to music when I'm out and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lol, I, I have to I have to <laughs> I have to pause you. Shout out to you saying I appreciate Drake. That is just hilarious in itself. <laughs> no, he's so ta- he is talented, and he like really did put Toronto on the map. So for that, like mm-hmm. I'm I'm just like mm-hmm. will always be a fan. I mean, like you've got to be from Toronto, but I'm not. I yeah. actually don't listen to a lot of um, rap. Like I like Chance, and I like common and i like you know i, I like i think i like who I, I like the the people that are out right now that have like a really good message um but mm-hmm. i'm really like an old school r&b type person let's talk about yeah. it what are you listening to total aretha franklin is it yeah. like the oj's like how far back do you want to go yo like like stevie you know, wonder um, yes, yeah, Stevie Wonder, uh, like all of them. I, I mean, I didn't 
I can't like claim Motown because I was born across, the, you know, fun. across. But I love Detroit. I love that there's so many artists that like great artists that came from there. Yep. Um, I I also just like like Neo Soul, yep. uh, Jill, you know, um, D'Angelo, Soul Child, yes, yep. music, Soul Child, yep. like those are the types of artists I would bump. Right now, I really um, I love Jasmine Sullivan. Yo. Have I you mean, heard I've, Insecure I've her. with her and Bryson Tiller? Yes. On yes, repeat. and I love that music video. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. And I I just think, I'm I'm so glad she's getting the shot yes. and she's getting right she's now. She's so underrated. She, and she wrote Mary J. Blige's yeah. The Thick of It. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yes. Wow. Jasmine okay. is yes. not playing any games. <laughs> no, she isn't. I, I, I love her. Yes. Um, I really like Machigo too. Mm-hmm. More new to the scene, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah, that I hope that gives like a good idea of the kind of music I listen to. I I I rather listen to something a little bit more uh, soulful, yeah. I guess. Um, but there are some amazing like talented hip hop artists that I enjoy too. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to you mentioned Jasmine and all the people that I care about in addition to hip hop <laughs> in real life. Yeah, I'm glad we connect on that. You know, I talk about like team us and the importance of creating like win 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 situation. <laughs> and even like the kids uh, from recess, talk to me about your favorite dream team. I, since you mentioned Insecure, I will say that too because I was a. I, I loved um, Awkward Black Girl when that came out and yep. I just love Issa's hustle and I'm so proud. Yep. And I, even though I've never met her, I feel like she's my, like, <laughs> bestie, Cousin. you know? They're yes. just, like, family. like a family. <laughs> so, like, when she wins, I just, I'm just so proud. And it makes me we feel all like, win. yeah, like, like there's so much, like, because I watched her on YouTube, I think, you know, there there is hope. Like, you know, you can really uh, uh, come up with an idea and take it to the next level. Living, living single would be go. You know, Khadijah's magazine and everything. Like no. I, <laughs> you are the classic back. <laughs> I know that that is kind of old school, but like, nah, I, I nah. Love that. So we're we're gonna talk about that for like a four seconds. I know. So for the people that don't know, living single ninety show, like they actually built friends off of living single Mm -hmm. which a lot of people don't know and Khadijah was like who played who was Queen Latifah ran a hip-hop magazine called Flavor yep was it called Flavor I think it was called Flavor yeah I'm I'm, you know I gotta go google this because it's been been like maybe like two months since I watched those last like I I re-watched the episodes over and over again it's still funny to me because it's necessary yeah it's still funny and like the, the issues are still relevant yeah I mean, a different world, of course. They were, I don't know if they were, like, necessarily... Well, yeah, like, Wayne and, and Whitley, they, they were a team. They were a unit. Yes. So... Yes. That's definitely, like, a yes. power oh, couple I, I look up, for, I look, um, up to. <laughs> yes. Yo, n- since, I mean, and other guests, y'all gonna have to step your game up. Nobody has ever mentioned Insecure, um, A Different World, or Living Single. Eden, come on, girl. Yes. <laughs> they might, I don't know if they get sports yes. teams or what, but, like, I love, I, I'm not sure why, but I guess because I was so close to the border, like, all of our channels, I had all Detroit uh, <laughs> television um, stations, <laughs> and so I watched yes. all of those things, like, the Soul Train and all these, like, really yep. old recaps, Martin, 
Why didn't I mention yeah, Martin? Martin, yes, come on. Martin, come yeah, on. that's 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 the Gina and Pam. <laughs> yep, dream yes. team. <laughs> that is a dream team. That that's the, actually that's the ultimate one. I like that one. Yes. <laughs> Dope, dope. Um, obviously, we've had a conversation around everybody eating and win-win-win situation and just shedding light on people that are doing dope work in the world. And so we've had the privilege, you know, rocking out this Everybody Eats podcast. We've had people in the travel field, food industry, like music, anything you name it, we are committed to highlighting dope-ass people to talk about, obviously, food, hip-hop, the hustle, and just magical things. Mm. Are there, like, two to three people that you think we should have on this Everybody Eats podcast? I would say, um, I would hit up, there's, you know what, there's a writer, and I, and I, I met her before, so she, maybe mm. she'll remember me. <laughs> But uh, her name is Hannah Gerges, and I just think she has, like, uh, really powerful things to say. She used to be, I think, a staff writer for um, BuzzFeed. So that's Mm. her and um, the co-host of Another Round, um, Heaven. Heaven. Or is it Heaven? Um, It's Heaven. Heaven, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, I, I, I think it's cool to see them. Or really, another one. Um, they're yeah, another all, one. Let's another go. one. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's the um, the I think like the editor in chief of uh, Huffington Post um, Black Voices. So I mm-hmm. for me it's really cool to see like East African you know women who are killing it in the media industry. I really look up to them and like they're my they're around the same age as me too. So it's really like great to see the moves and strides that they're making. Um, and then, um, so I, I mentioned an East African, and they do a, a Canadian. Um, <laughs> I think you know what? There's a there's a chef here. His name is um, Adrian, and he opened like one of the um, first kind of like really dope chicken and waffle spots up north. And oh. he like calls it like Northern Fried Chicken and Waffles. So um, I'm I just really admire his hustle. He's young. He's like driven. He's really exposing Canadians to. Um, some some dope food that like you, you know may have started in the south but like he brought it up north and um so that that would be i think a cool person to bring up um and then the third person yo you keep going yeah keep i'm going girl <laughs> i think i would have to say um a comedian like i mm-hmm. i'm i just think i love comedians and i love that they can really like make a statement and really influence people's views. So the podcast is obviously called Everybody Eats. What do you think of when you hear the phrase? I think of um, community, like, and I think of also too, like, culture. Like, I know, you know, anytime I, as like um, an Ethiopian uh, growing up here, like, that was something that I saw all the time like if you go into somebody's house and even like if somebody came into my house like you have to serve them some food like you've got to be like a really good host like um maybe do like a coffee ceremony and stuff and and you really need to uh, make sure they're comfortable and like make sure they feel welcome and you do that with food and i think um that's just like a part 
of like so many of our cultures in general, like everybody needs to eat, everybody needs to feel welcome. Um, and uh, just because I have, my plate is full, it doesn't mean like your, yours needs to be empty. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's what it means to me, being hospitable and, and also being able to, um, you know, share opportunities, share resources, make sure everybody has a chance. And what are three major keys that you want to leave folks with? Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say some keys that I think I need to apply myself, like so I'm still learning them. Um, but one is is be bold, you know, like don't don't shrink your dreams. Um, don't hold back on what you think you could do. Uh, the second key I'd say is just put it out there. Mm. I'm I'm trying to learn that. I have so many ideas that I've held back on um, because I'm afraid it's not you know it's not doable. It's it's too mm-hmm. it's too big of a project. Um, you know I'm gonna spread myself too thin. Um, but I think it's just better to just put it out there and see what happens in the universe. Um, and then the third key is collaborate find other people in your space find other people like you Sirena, who are doing cool things um yeah find find people you can build with how can people find you and black foodie on the internet um you can find black foodie on instagram that's where we're really like active at blackfoodie.co and that's our website as well blackfoodie.co um, and you can find me at Edin the Foodie on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, very soon, I'm gonna make a Facebook page because I know there's some, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's people yeah. like me who live on Facebook too. Um, but I I am really interested in showcasing that we go out, we eat like you don't have to be. Um, what's his name, like the really well-known travel writer and um, travel and food writer? I'm like Anthony Bourdain? Yes, Anthony Bourdain. Like, Oh, look at that. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Like, he's dope, but like, why can't there be a black, you know, version of that? Or like, why do we even yeah. have to refer to him as the model? Um, yeah. So I have some like uh, uh, little episodes in this web series that I've been putting out and I'd love for your audience to go check it out tell me what they think you know tell me where to go next the answer is yes duh because everybody <laughs> eats um thank you Edin, this was so dope it was a pleasure thank you I really appreciate you like hitting me up my name is Edin Hazel